Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. And we have returned to Horror on the Orient Express. We are looking down on our investigators as they continue their investigation of Paris. And so we are going to open the curtains shortly for you, but I'd like first like to get through introductions. So to my right. Hello, uh, I'm Mike, and I play James Robert Fraser. And to his right. Hi, I'm Rena, and I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I enjoy long walks on the beach and reading books at the opera. At the end of the table. Hello, I'm Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and we are here on an episode of Culture in the Catacombs. <laughs> to his right. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I'm playing Maggie Bellinger, who enjoys long walks in catacombs and freeing people that have somehow found themselves trapped in the catacombs. Ghouls are people, right? Just normal people. Right. Nothing amiss. <laughs> not at all. And last but most certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney, and everything's fine. Indeed it is. So we pick up our scene this evening uh, just after the opera has concluded. But we are just a few miles away from the opera, walking back to the Hotel Bristol with Richard and Maggie as they are still yet probably mentally recovering from their trip in the catacombs. Richard, your sight has come back to what you would believe is normal, uh, although you did have to uh, probably be doing a lot of blinking at this point to, to try to keep your vision from blurring. But the, uh, the night air along the Seine is good, and it's, before you know it, you're in front of the hotel. Well, back at last. We made it. Yeah, uh, yes, we did. Oh, I am I am absolutely e- exhausted after that adventure. Yes, um, something to reflect on. Um, I wonder what happened to that gentleman. He must have found his way out. I, I do hope so. Um, did... Did that go entirely as you planned? Well, I I don't think I had anything planned, uh, really, Richard. Uh, Well, I I expected it to be open to start with, um, and I I wasn't sure what to expect when we were down there, but um, hopefully we uh, got our money's worth. Yes, I I certainly think it's a unique experience, and uh, I'm... I I can't wait to see your (laughs) write-up. Uh, yes, I was just uh, th- uh, thinking about um, what I would, would will put in my book, and and also what I'll write back to Aunt Edith about the entire ordeal. Yes, I I must write to the professor and let him know how we're getting on. Oh, uh, yes, I th- I think that'd be a great idea. Yes, I keep meaning to do that, but um, we 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 have been rather busy. 
No. Yeah. Yes. Quite. Um, it, though it seems like we've been traveling longer than we truly have. <laughs> what time is it out of interest? I'm saying it's about half eight at this point. Okay. I guess we haven't eaten either. No, but the hotel itself can uh, avail you of something to eat. Well, I was thinking um, possibly a, a nightcap of sorts would be nice. Yes, yes, a nice quiet, um, a quiet, quiet sit down in the bar. Yes, um, and I'm assuming you'll join me. Oh, indeed, yes, yes, of course. It's splendid. Yeah, the bar is not but a few steps away as you enter uh, the Bristol. Uh, staff is more than happy to make sure you have the object of your heart's desire, whether that be nourishment or refreshments. There's an array of uh, wonderful delicacies available to you. Yeah, yeah, a warm meal and a stiff drink sounds splendid. Mm, it does indeed. <laughs> After all those stairs. <laughs> oh, yeah, just the stairs just take it right out of you. Yeah, you know, it was much easier going down into the catacombs than it was coming back out. Yeah, you probably reflect on that after the first or maybe second drink. Um, the the staff is wonderful for you. Um, they bring out a, probably a fairly well-prepared meal and some drinks. Well, this is rather nice, isn't it? Uh, yes, it it is quite nice. Though I I just keep thinking about um, Guillaume and um, what happened to him. Though I guess we have other business attend to attend to. Uh, we had we were going to go somewhere tomorrow. Was it Richard? Yes, I I think the Bastille would be an excellent place to start. Uh, yes, uh, yes, that's that that's correct. Ah, there's so much to do in Paris. I'd I'd love to visit the Louvre if um if you're interested. Oh, um yes, that that might be probably brighter place for us to visit tomorrow in comparison to the catacombs. Yes, and we should go when it's sort of properly open without um <laughs> needing a torch or anything like that. Yes, uh, I I don't think that they recommend torches uh, sneaking into the the Louvre. No, indeed. Um, I'd be very interested to see how your photographs turn out as well. Oh, uh, yes, we did snap quite a few down there and on the boat. I suppose we could find a place to stop tomorrow to see if they can uh, be developed. Indeed, there must be some sort of chemist here. I mean, um, it is Paris after all. We may both have to brush up on our French a little bit. Ah, um, I think Simon speaks French, doesn't he, if I'm uh, not very much mistaken? Uh, yeah, that, yes, that's true. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure if my memory is serving me correctly there, but... Uh. <laughs> you two finish up dinner and have another drink. And then after that... Well, Maggie is exhausted, so she would... Uh, all of those stairs and such. Uh, so she would probably want to just uh, maybe go to sleep and plan on getting an, an early start to the next day. I do wonder where our compatriots are, though. Do we know where they went? I'm not sure we do. I I don't think that we do. Maybe they left a message for us at the front desk. Mm. No, I don't think they did. <laughs> I don't believe they did either. Mm. Oh, Although well, my memory could fail me. I wonder if they got up to anything like we did. Yes, I mean, they, uh, there's plenty of things to do in Paris. Maybe they um, spent the evening climbing the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, well, I, I am quite beat from our outing today. I think I'm going to turn in early tonight. Yes, yes I think that would be sensible. We could get an early start to the day tomorrow then? Yes, a nice breakfast and uh, we can uh, hurry along to the Bastille and see if we can find out more about this uh, Comte Fenelic. Yes, we should probably check in with Lady Elizabeth if we have a chance to in the morning as well, just to see if anything that she found out after we left would be helpful. Yes, um... Yes, she did, she... I I think she probably was there for quite some time after we left. I, I don't know. Yes, I'm not sure. We'll, we can check in with her in the morning. The two of you head upstairs to your rooms. Maggie, you get settled in yours, and uh, sleep is pretty quickly <laughs> your, your best friend. Just put it that way. <laughs> and unlike other times, this sleep is completely peaceful. Mostly because after several hundred steps <laughs> up and down, you are just dead to the world. Yeah. Professor, on the other hand, while your body might be tired, your mind is still ablaze with having, quite frankly, some free time. There aren't uh, any other of your compatriots around, and you've finally got a little time to yourself. So Richard gets back to his room, and uh, he's had a drink. He's quite relaxed, and uh, it's been a busy day. He's quite sort of physically tired, but mentally... Uh, mentally still alert and what happened down in the catacombs is interesting he's kind of I don't know he's it's it's sort of like little fuse again he's got some sort of spark and interest and um yeah some some of the things he saw were a bit unusual kind of reminds him of some of the stuff he's seen in the the challenger lectures with with professor smith and he's uh he's reminded of the device and uh he's been carrying this thing around with him and uh he fancies another look pull the device out of the box that it's uh, carefully laid in. It still feels the same as it did before. Uh, Although it looks very much like a device made by man, there's there's still something about it, something that's been difficult for you to add up. While the device is likely several hundred years old because it was dug up somewhere north of Greece you're not quite sure how it's still yet so well technologically advanced it still baffles you a bit the folding the lens work I've not quite um, tried all of these lenses yet thanks Richard Um, so he's going to pick another combination something different on the left something different on the right and uh, take another look So there are seven total lenses. So pink, blue, green on the left, and then yellow, black, and then the cracked lens on the right. And then there is that seventh lens that sits kind of along the center, which is missing. So what adjustments would you use for the left and what would you use for the right? I think this time we're going to go for green and pink, which are a horrible combination. Okay, so you're going to take the green lens um, over the left eye and then the pink you'll move to fit it over the right-hand side. Indeed. So you uh, 
prepare it against your face just ever so slightly until it snugly fits against the bridge of your nose and that's when you feel the snap against your face as it adheres and I would like you to make me a power roll okay oh that's zero seven so that's an extreme success alright I would like you to spend two magic points okay you feel it adhere to your face and you feel all the blood probably from the upper half of you just rush into your head so a swift pounding takes a hold and the lights in the room dim against the far wall there's a large mirror one which you've been using to make sure you look smart before going out and you can see that there is a a pink light and a green light almost a watercolor opacity that is shining off the light when you bring your face finally to a level point again after reacting to the pounding you see that your left eye and your right eye one is pink and one is green beyond the walls that you're standing in you can hear cannon fire and you see to your right hand side through the streets of Paris a long throng of marching troops does it look like they can see me at all no uh, you're far too elevated okay that's good you can see the tall hats they wear the whites of their uniforms the black boots that sprig of red that they carry in their caps long pikes several with uh, muskets and bayonets and they continue to march past the side of the hotel cannon fire continues you hear shouts in French among the streets well it certainly seems to have taken me back in time yes it's it's Paris Richard's history isn't that good uh, and neither's mine to be honest but how does this scene um, unfold so we've got um, so we've got some people marching down the street there is there anything anything in particular going on uh, they seem to be marching towards uh, one of the squares in town it's actually not too far from you uh, given where the Bristol is at they seem to be marching towards Notre Dame okay so in that definite direction and am I able to move and follow these troops uh, you are definitely not stuck in stone so I'm going to try to head in the same direction that they are see what they're, they're heading towards Okay, spend another magic point. Mm -hmm. You slip out of the Bristol, mostly through the rubble and the rocks that uh, once formed part of its fascia. Uh, You see a lot of the buildings here are uh, very thin. They're two to three stories. They're made of wood, mostly. But you're able to sift your way through. And why don't you give me a spot hidden roll? So that's 31 under 60. So as they get closer towards the river, uh, which you're now approaching, you've just passed some of the other hotels and some of the other locations down here on this dive towards Notre Dame. 
you can tell that the people here are not reacting in a pleasant way to them. It's almost as if... It's almost as if these troops are retaking Paris. There's quite a lot of damage that's been done to the buildings around here with bombardments. Uh, There's several buildings on fire. It's pretty ghastly. So Richard continues towards uh, Notre Dame and uh, yeah, he's interested to see where these troops are heading to. You don't get as far as Notre Dame. You get about as far as where you believe the Louvre is, as far as your memory goes. Uh, And you realize that the building is engulfed. And it appears a very old, historical, frankly quite barbaric tool has been brought out in the square where the Louvre is, that open space. And riding high on top of several what would appear to be crudely made platforms is a massive guillotine. And even before you can look away, the blade drops. Is there anyone in it? There is. And it's not just the sound. It's the fact that the guillotine has to come back up because the first blow did not sever the head. This is barbaric. Yeah. It's it's going to be a sanity roll, sir. <laughs> uh, that is 63, and my current sanity is 71, so that's just about a pass. Okay. You gut it out, but you realize that very quickly from the turn of your stomach, um, it's really not something... Well, you, you can stomach, quite frankly, very much longer. Um, you see them remove the body portion from the guillotine platform, and then they call for the next person. So it occurs to Richard that um, the, the, the Count Comte Fenelic that he's looking for was executed somewhere around this this period if, uh, if the information that he got from the library is correct. So he's going to be on the lookout for anything that might suggest that, that this is the case. So um, whether somebody sort of shouts his name out or, you know, something like that. Okay. I guess give me a spotted roll. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best way to alleviate that. Oh, uh, so that's 94. Not a critical failure, but pretty close. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't see any mention of that. Furthermore... You don't see anyone you would consider a member of French nobility. Okay. In fact, furthermore, there's a there's quite a lack of well, members of a higher standing here. Most of the people that are watching are commoners, common folk of Paris and troops. And it does seem that many of the people who are being dealt with are dressed far nicer than you would expect. This is strange. It's... Who are these people? Why are they being executed? It doesn't doesn't make any sense. It's clear that as you continue with the troops and draw closer, you have the ability to get around some of the um, visual sights of the guillotine, even as tall as that platform is. 
it's pretty clear that the people they're executing are members of the nobility and those who are um, who are well off. There's a cart that has six or seven men. Maybe these are maybe these men are former soldiers because they don't look like they're dressed in finery. They're they're dressed in they're dressed in the, the robes of or the they're dressed in military uniforms. And it seems like each one has this somewhat strange marking on their forehead as if they've been marked for death. Um, what does this marking look like? Uh, from your position, unfortunately, you're a little too far away. But it does almost... The symbol looks a little bit like a rose, almost. It's a its a somewhat in- intricate drawing. So if Richard can, he's... He's starting to get a little bit more curious and perhaps a little bit more familiar, should we say. I was going to use the word brave, but that's probably not appropriate. A little bit more familiar with these experiences with the device. Um, so he's going to try and sort of move closer to get a b- better look at this symbol, if he can. Sure, spend another point of magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get in a little closer, and as you draw through the throngs of people, they don't so much get out of the way for you, but you seem to kind of pass by them without a lot of physical resistance. It's an intricate drawing. It's almost a stylized rose. It's almost even a, a Mesoamerican style. It, it it doesn't feel or look like an English or a French style of rose. But you get closer. The question is, how close are you getting? Richard will get a little bit closer than he, than he is at the minute. Again, he's... He's curious. He's starting to sort of build up some confidence here with this device. And there's part of him that really wants to know whether anyone can see him or is aware of him. And he's interested in what's going on as well. You see that the men who are putting people down to the guillotine also have this same rose, although it's not on their forehead. It's on the hats that they wear. There's a bit of a sometimes a, a bit of uh, white flowering behind it but that red is as blood as any rose color would be interesting is Richard aware of anybody being aware of him does anyone sort of look round to him is anyone looking in his general direction or not as of yet you haven't been prodded or poked or yelled at or forced to redirect because someone was bringing a horse through or and Richard doesn't recognise any of these people. They're just old French people for all all he can make out. Yeah. In fact, even some of their facial definitions are not necessarily completely firm. Mm. Some of them are a little bit more ghostly, almost. There's a um, almost a diffused quality to the bodies here, as if you're not here, but here. Yeah, that sort of makes sense. Richard is going to concentrate on trying to speed this up a little bit. He's interested to know whether if he if he thinks hard and wills it enough, can he can he actually sort of advance through this scene a little quicker? Almost travel in time, although that doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know, Richard, why don't you make me a power roll? Yeah. And just to explain, he's interested in trying to learn how to control this rather than just being a bystander, which he has been to this point. Uh, 16, so that's a maths fails me. That is just about an extreme success. You feel another set of arms 
You feel your arms. You know where your uh, muscles control the left and the right arm that you have, but you feel almost a secondary set of them reach up and sort of just by intuition grab hold of your face. And then you feel it move another one of these lens holders and things begin to rapidly accelerate around you. As they rapidly accelerate, carts and carts of men and women of all ages are brought to this guillotine. And as they're brought forward and dealt with, the crowd begins a raucous cheer until a cart with a beautiful uh, and somewhat older woman is brought before. The lungs of the crowd are bellowing for her head until they get it. And this woman doesn't look in any way familiar. She does not. I'd like you to spend five points of magic. Wow. Okay. Richard's getting tired at this point. So Richard is going to try and detach from, from the current situation, see if he can get back to uh, to the hotel. Okay. Yeah, detaching is easy enough in the sense that if you mentally think about... You end up mentally picturing the Bristol again. Mm-hmm. The walls of the hotel, the objects therein, the bed. And after a few moments, there's almost this internal tick of a clock. And you hear the sound of the crowd dim, the march of the troops fade, and the light of the hotel room in Bristol arrive. And what time is it? Is it just a few minutes after, or thereabouts, or has he lost several hours? You've lost about an hour, so it's about Mm -hmm. uh, half past nine. And you come to the realization that this device allows you to part the veil of time. And it's such a jarring mental answer to, to come to. It's very difficult to deal with because the possibilities are endless. The things you might be able to see are now endless. Yeah, it's a real revelation that he can actually control this thing. So if he wants to speed something up, he knows he can do that now. And... Most immediately after taking it off, Richard's starting to think to himself, well, I, if, if I can go forwards in time from a place that I, I appear at, perhaps I could go backwards or maybe to another place, start out somewhere. I'm not too sure how that's determined, but um, yes, maybe when I'm there, I can, I can manipulate it. So you make me a spot hidden roll mm-hmm. as you come out of it. It's not a good day for spot hidden rolls. That's 95 again over 60. Oh, okay. You do not notice it. I do know that you're um, a little exhausted from all of the um, work therein. You're also a little, you might need a, a bath, Richard. Hmm. You're a little sweaty. Uh, Maybe that's just the stairs. <laughs> I certainly don't think being down in the catacombs with all these dead people and... Uh, uh, the work of uh, climbing 140 stairs has left him in uh, in a particularly pleasant state. So uh, I think he'll run himself a bath and uh, see if he can find some fresh clothes. And uh, considering, maybe put those outside for the, uh, the the cleaner to launder for him. 
<laughs> Very good. Are you heading to bed after that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's had, he's had a hard day. Indeed you have. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll dial the time stream a little forward. Um, the folks who were at the opera last night arrived back at the Bristol, having had just a wonderful evening uh, at Carmen. Well, at least, yeah, I would say all of them. I mean, one of them was a little bit more focused on reading a book. But that being said, Carmen was wonderful, as was uh, the uh, the lead, which you uh, all got a chance to meet afterwards. So morning arrives in Paris on day three now. I'd like to know how you're all spending your morning. So, uh, Mr. Fraser, how do you take your morning uh, the day after the opera? Obviously, Mr. Mr. Fraser was very excited um, to meet uh, uh, Katerina, uh, the the soprano, the previous night. Of course, as soon as he gets back to the uh, to the hotel, he, he kicks himself because he realizes that he completely forgot in in that excitement to uh, to ask for her autograph on uh, on his program, which he had intended to do. He the previous night will have um, probably sat up for a little while just sort of going over thinking about not only the the, the joy of the opera but also uh, of this this strange this strange case of, uh, of her sister Nina um, and uh, he will uh, write uh, a couple of letters um, he's going to write to uh, his very good friend uh, Mr. Francis Grant who um, uh, lives and works out in the West Country. Um, he's going to write a letter to his sister. Um, also, uh, he's going to compose uh, a telegram uh, through to uh, to London to the gentleman that's making some inquiries on his behalf there um, just to see if there's any movement forward. And I guess he'll probably do, do that in the morning when he wakes up because uh, it'll be fairly late at night by the time they get back to the hotel. And so, um, yes, he'll, he'll get up. He'll get up pretty early. Um, and uh, he will give the uh, the letters and the telegram to the reception uh, at the hotel to get posted. Have his breakfast. Check on Lady Elizabeth as well. There is a meeting, I believe, with Katrina a little later in the morning. Um, so obviously he's going to he's going to attend to Lady Elizabeth's needs, uh, such as they might be that morning. So speaking of Lady Elizabeth, um, what are your needs this morning, Lady? Well, I think I would take a little bit longer of a time getting up so have a bit of a lie-in because uh, it has been a very tiring few days and I haven't let myself rest enough to get my spoons back so to speak uh, so write in my diary uh, look back over some of the notes I made on my reading that I did uh, the previous night and uh, make notes of anything more I want to research go down for breakfast but not going to be super chatty until I absolutely have to conserving some energy but mostly just writing reviewing my notes doing some reading probably read a book over breakfast too much to uh, probably everyone else's uh, confusion but uh, eating is one of the best times for reading it means people won't talk to you kind of perfect timing for you I suppose then you'll get a little bit later of a start in the morning than some of the other folks might get. Although, given the busy day that some of the other folks had, maybe everybody just kind of gets to breakfast just a, a skosh later than normal. Maybe an hour or so 
So if breakfast normally happened at, at say around eight o'clock, maybe it's maybe it's nine. Maybe that Parisian morning is now seeping its way into our investigators' hearts as they get up later and later. And then soon they'll get up around the time Aunt Edith does now. Simon, how do you spend your morning then? Well, I'm going to go ahead and get up. I'm going to have myself a nice breakfast. Like, I guess what I, what Simon would like for breakfast would be like a full English. You know, all the meat and eggs and toast he can get. Yeah, I mean, the hotel is more than willing to accommodate your um, your tastes. They uh, they serve English people as well. Uh, so, while their breakfasts here are probably a little bit lighter than uh, than you might be used to. Um, they're more than willing to accommodate you. Damn, these eggs are fluffy. And otherwise, uh, I, Simon is well rested and waiting for Fraser to come downstairs. Yeah, um, actually, you might be quite surprised to, to find him uh, up and mobile already. He's a, he's a busy man, it seems. Mr. Fraser. Oh, uh, good morning, Mr. Griffith. Uh, did you sleep well? I did. I did. So, what shall we do today? Are we going to head over to the opera, do some more shopping? Uh, go to the museum, Jim? Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, the museum, aye. Um, I believe we have uh, we have an appointment this morning with uh, Miss Cavallero, though, if I'm not much mistaken. Is it going to be all three of us, or just us two? Well, I'm... I'm not quite sure. Um, Lydia Elizabeth uh, isn't down yet, so I haven't had a chance to ask her. Have you seen uh, any sign of uh, Professor Courtney uh, or uh, or Miss Bellinger? No, nope. I didn't feel like disturbing them last night. I'm sure they were sleeping already. Ah, well, no doubt the uh, the fresh Parisian air has uh, has made them uh, made them sleepy. <laughs> I'm sure they'll show show face at some stage. Uh, I'm assuming that is correct. Well, um, I suppose um, we should have something to eat and uh, wait and see the, see what the others have to say. Uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps Lady Elizabeth will wish to join us um, when we go go th- uh, across to the opera. Um, if not, uh, I guess we can head on uh, the proper time suits you. Sounds like they have eggs and pork and uh, all the other sundries that make for a good meal here. So this will be fine. Aye, aye, yes. They've, uh, they put on a good spread. Nothing compared to the meal we had last night, though, eh? No, that was that was fantastic. I've never had a steak like that before, sir. Question. Oh. How do we want to dress for uh, meeting Miss Caballero? Uh, Miss Caballero? Um, well, I would imagine uh, casual wear, I'm sure, will, be, uh, will suffice. Uh, it's not a formal engagement, uh. Well, I guess we do need to find out if Miss e, uh, Miss Lady E is coming with us because uh, that would change how we should dress, correct? Aye, well, uh, I mean, we won't need to wear evening evening attire. <laughs> Let's just say that uh, something something smart uh, yet uh, casual, perhaps. I think this is when Lady E makes her appearance in the dining room. Uh, Mr. Fraser will immediately rise and uh, go to greet her. Your ladyship, you slept well, I trust? Quite well, thank you, Fraser. Looks like you've had an early start to your morning. Oh, yes, busy bee, busy bee, you know me. Yes, I don't know where you find the energy, but I marvel at it. Good morning, Mr. Griffith. 
Morning, ma'am. Uh, we were just talking about you. In a good way. Uh, that's what all my friends say, and I never quite believe them. She smiles to let you know it's a bit of a joke. We were wondering if you wish to accompany us uh, when we go uh, to the opera this morning to speak to uh, Miss Cavallero. Um, of course I do. It's a murder investigation. It sounds delightful. D- delightful, possibly not the word I would have used, your ladyship, but uh, uh, would you care for some breakfast? Uh, yes, please, if you don't mind. Uh, I'll, I'll let the two of you make your plans. I have a little bit of reading to do before we leave. Uh, just let me know what time you would like to depart, and I'll be uh, I'll be available. But for now, I'd like to do some, some more reading. May, may I make a suggestion, ma'am? Uh, yes, Mr. Griffith? Now, Jim here was saying that we should wear some smart clothes, but I'm thinking we need to definitely have functional outfits if we're going to be doing an investigation. Lady Elizabeth raises both eyebrows at the mention of Jim, uh, but she doesn't comment on it. Yeah, Jim (laughs) 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 glances to one side, his head head low, shaking very slightly. (laughs) Uh, As for uh, attire, Mr. Griffith, I'm certain you can Wear whatever you think is most useful. It's not a black tie event, but uh, you do wish to be presentable for meeting a, a lady of such importance, of course. Well, of course, but if we're also going to be investigating the set, we're going to want to wear functional shoes, mm-hmm. clothes with pockets, stuff like that. Oh, I always go functional, so no need to worry there. So, whatever you need, Mr. Griffith, I'm sure you won't be breaking that many social norms. Uh, Mr. Fraser can advise you if necessary. Of course, yes, uh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. The um, the staff come out as uh, as after Lady Elizabeth sits down and they present you with some um, what appear to be caramel spice muffins. And the way the staff member says, uh, Lady, we had these made this morning, we knew you were here, and we thought you might uh, like to try them. Smells marvelous, thank you. My compliments to the chef. Hmm. They nod and dip back out. Maggie was probably um, drawn downstairs by the sense that people were coordinating outfits somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) She kind of, uh, you know, spent her morning lounging, but as soon as, as she felt deep inside her that people were coordinating outfits without her, uh, she would make her way downstairs uh, to get some breakfast as well. Oh, okay. oh um, hello, everyone. Uh, what did you get up to last night? Good morning, Miss Bellanger. Uh, good morning. Mr. Fraser stands and uh, draws a, a chair back for Maggie to allow her to oh, sit. Oh, uh, thank you. Allow me. I will sit. We came back here last night, um, myself and Richard, and um, you were... Nowhere to be found. We were wondering what you got up to. Oh, uh, we were um, we were at, at the opera, in fact. Uh, oh, Ms. we did we didn't know where you and uh, Professor Courtney were, so uh, we, we weren't able to uh, invite you along. I'm afraid. Oh well, I'm quite sorry I missed that. We uh, actually went to explore the catacombs. Oh goodness me! And what's the verdict? The verdict is there's it's very deep. There's a lot of stairs and. We actually got, well, as Richard would put it, a private tour. Indeed. Well, what uh, what manner of tour was that? Did you get to see uh, areas of the catacombs that aren't normally open to the public? 
Yes, and some would say self-guided. They were closed yesterday, and you you wouldn't have believed to see believed to see Richard in action. He actually paid a young man off to get us in. Goodness me! Well, well, quite the uh, quite the daring do, eh? <laughs> yes, I. Uh, it it surprised me to see that he had it in him. Well, we shall have to grill him on the particulars later. <laughs> oh, um, good good morning. Um, oh, hello, speak everybody. of the devil. Yes, <laughs> we were just talking about you, Richard. Oh, uh, n- nothing good. I I hope <laughs> nothing good. Miss Bellinger was uh, was just uh, regaling us with the, the the tales of your exploits in the in the catacombs uh, last night. Hey. Yes, a, a, a fascinating place. Um, so many skulls, and yes, we 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 met somebody down there, didn't we? Oh, uh, yes, we did. Uh, a Ooh. gentleman named Guillaume. Yes. Um, he seemed to be trapped down there. He got himself stuck somehow, but we were sure to let him out. I, I believe he was a tourist that um, had uh, possibly taken a tour, got lost, and. Um, was stuck down there whilst it was closed. Goodness me, well, he was very lucky that you came along then, eh? Indeed, he did say he was very hungry. Well, I would imagine he would be. How long had he been trapped down there? And Richard looks to make. I, I don't think we asked him, did we? No, I don't, I don't think so either. Oh, well, well indeed. Uh, you've done a good turn then, I see. Yes, I mean, he did look peckish. Quite, yes. And me being the klutz that I am, I... Dropped our flashlight and broke that, and then we also broke the lantern. We had to find our way out in the dark, didn't we, Richard? It was quite the adventure. Yes. Indeed, it certainly sounds that way. Do, do you hear that, your ladyship? Uh, it seems that they have had something of an experience, eh? Strange men in catacombs, yes. Sounds like uh, quite an entertaining time. And that was just Professor Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you mean. (laughs) Why, Fraser, I didn't know you had uh, such a sense of humour. Perhaps it's it's being on the continent brings it out in me. I do beg your pardon. I've got a question. Um, So Mr. Fraser and I were out shopping yesterday and exploring the town. What did y'all find out about? Well, we actually have more research to do today. I, I believe we were headed to the Bastille. Yes, yes, that's right. We were given a diary of sorts by uh, by somebody in the library. We um, we promised to return it, um, and he did indicate that we should uh, continue our research in the Bastille, didn't he? Yes, we were actually wondering. Uh, Lady Elizabeth, if you found anything out after we had left that would maybe help us in our research today. Well, mostly what I found was about uh, some kind of strange ritual uh, involving a a female figure with horns. I'll just show them the very naughty drawing um, that the library was so anxious for me to make disappear. Ooh la la. I'll show it to them. <laughs> Are you going to show them the whole thing or just the just the good parts? <laughs> I'll show right. them. The, I'll show them the whole thing. Might as well. Oh my, Mister Fraser, you might want to avert your eyes. You're Mr. not Fraser old enough for this. Does indeed avert his eyes and blushes furiously. I say that's somewhat artistic, isn't it? And Richard turns a bright shade of red. 
That don't look right. <laughs> Lady E is very patently enjoying the reactions. I'm not entirely sure how this is going to help us, but I'm sure we can keep it in mind while we're looking today. Yes, I'm not sure either, but I'm doing some some research on it. Uh, you never know what you might find out, but it is the only thing that Remy could find related to summoning rituals, which is why I have it. Uh, if you remember, I was trying to do some research into that uh, strange entity we encountered on the boat. And this was the only thing he found in the library, so I don't know if they're related, but uh, they seemed very interested in me taking it off their hands. So here we are. <laughs> and uh, also did some reading. Not quite sure how it relates, but there was some kind of pagan fertility ritual sort of thing going on. So lots of interesting little notes, but I can't quite connect all the dots yet. I don't know if maybe your comte had uh, something to do with these sort of pagan rites or not. Hmm, yes, I'm not sure, but we can keep that in mind, and if there's anyone that can connect the dots, I'm sure that it's you, Lady Elizabeth. I appreciate the vote of confidence. <laughs> do you understand this this writing here? It's, some of it looks like it's in English, but the rest of it is just gibberish. No, I haven't quite figured out what it is yet. Uh, but... I'll ask around, uh, see if there's anyone else who knows anything about languages particularly used in the occult and pagan rites, and maybe they'll know something. I'm sure there must be at least one linguist in Paris. Maybe just show them the writing, though. And not necessarily the imagery. Yes, I suppose. Although it, it really does depend on who you speak to. This is Paris, after all. Oh, that is true, uh -huh, to keep in mind. They are uh, their own set here. All right, then. A wonderful breakfast is had by all, in short order. Um, or perhaps in long order, depending on how long people are going to stay. But the um, great thing about Parisian breakfasts is they can be as light or as heavy as uh, you want. Uh, essentially, what, uh, what, uh, what Simon gets is something more akin to a French country breakfast. So they pile on sausage, basically, as, as the filler. Or it could be as light as a few croissants or, you know, all sorts of fruits that they have as well. So, but post-breakfast, um, there's going to be a few of you that set out to meet up with uh, Miss Cavallero. And then there's going to also be some of you that are going to go to uh, the Bibliothèque de Arsenal, So the library of the arsenal. And... We'll split there again, unless the, the, the group is going to hang together temporarily. I was thinking that um, Mr. Fraser would actually mention to both Maggie and Richard that they met the soprano um, after the opera, and then there, there is a something that they're going to discuss with her with regard to her, her sister's um, untimely demise recently, um, and they've, they've offered their, their services to assist in any way that they can. Just in as much as anything, just to keep uh, Richard and Maggie um, abreast and aware of uh, what their movements for the day are going to be. Maggie, are you uh, yes. are you interested in um, this this murder mystery, or uh, would you would you rather spend the day reading books in the Bastille with me? Well, um, I 
I think the gentlemen can can hand, handle their mystery on their own. We had a, a couple of places to stop on the way to the Bastille as well, so I I believe I will uh, join you, Richard. Oh, that that's splendid. Um, yes, we we must if we can find somewhere to develop your photos as well. Yes, yes, those were my thoughts exactly. Plus, you need someone um, with you that knows a little bit of French. I feel. Yes, yes, you're 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 very good at that as well. Well, shall we all head out for the day then? Perhaps we should uh, make plans to meet back here later? Yes, uh, how about uh, we all meet up for a spot of lunch later on? Say, maybe uh, one o'clock? Yes, I think a spot of lunch would be an excellent idea. Meet up, uh, share our information, what we've been working on, and then go about whatever else we need to do sounds like a marvelous plan Jimbo will look at um, at his buddy (laughs) (laughs) Mr Griffith um, Simon uh, shall we uh, go upstairs and uh, prepare for the uh, are we journey sure I'll make sure I am properly uh, uh, how would you say it Um, attired exactly sir your ladyship, um, are you still wishing to uh, join us, or uh, uh, would you prefer to go to the library with uh, Professor Courtney and Miss Ballinger? She smiles. Oh, I had quite enough of being a third wheel yesterday, I think, so I will come with you. Jolly good. Jolly good. Well, um, if you'd like to um, finish your, your breakfast in your own time, then um, we'll be ready to leave whenever you are. Lady E only had like a very light. She had a cup of coffee and a and a croissant and some fruit, so like very light continental style. So oh, I'm quite ready to go whenever you are. Oh well, well, we won't be more than uh, ten minutes or so. Would you say, Mister Griffith? I'd say so. Shall we? Uh, shall we meet you in the lobby in in, in ten fifteen minutes then? Your ladyship. Excellent. Very good. So I'm going to snatch Maggie and uh, and Richard and uh, put them on their way. I think that's the best way to do it. They have places they want to stop before they get to the next library. Uh, and I believe one of those spots is uh, a chemist. You'd like to find a chemist, yes? Yes, indeed. Chemist will be good. I have some ship and uh, catacomb pictures to get mm, developed. Indeed. So finding a chemist in... Paris is not terribly difficult while there aren't a ton of them just yet there are a few and it probably takes you a good maybe half hour to with the help of the folks at the Hotel Bristol track down one which is uh, in in the area Uh, so they tell you that there is actually a chemist not far from the Eiffel Tower so if you head out from the Bristol and cross the Seine uh, you should be able to find one near the uh, southwestern point of the Eiffel Tower Park. It will take you a little far out of your way, but at the same time, uh, you'll be a little bit—you'll uh, be able to get what you need. It's not a far journey at all, it seems. No, you know that the um, just from the map that the, you have available to you you know that the longer leg of the journey is going to be going to um, 
the Arsenal Library. Yes. So um, the chemist shop is rather small, actually. It almost seems like a converted house. Maybe there's a, some sort of apartment or some sort of living space above it. In fact, Richard, it somewhat reminds you of the houses that you saw last night. Although you didn't walk in this direction, seems a, a tall, slim building. Uh, looks like the shop here is on the first floor with maybe... It's a little hard to shake the, the vision from last night, but... But yeah, this, this building must... Uh, must have multiple purposes. Um, Richard says to Mikey, this, this this place looks strangely familiar to me. Oh, have you seen something like it before? Um, well, in a manner of speaking, I, um, although I was tired last night, I, I confess I was um, experimenting with a device that I had again. And I, I did see visions of something that looked stunningly similar to this. Well, I, I wonder if it was this place itself. Or at least the area, perhaps? Well, I mean, it it could have been. It's very difficult to understand exactly where you are when... It, it, it was some time in the past, and things don't always look the same, you you understand. But uh, this this does look familiar. Um, I, I don't quite understand, but, but perhaps... Uh, sometime soon I can try that device so that I understand what you mean a little bit more. Yes, I I think that would be a fantastic idea. I mean, yes, I would be interested to see how, how you experience it. Lady Elizabeth did try it, but um, Mr. Fraser was not keen on her uh, uh, sort of completing the journey, as it were. So <laughs> I, I would be very interested to see what, uh, what you make of it. Perhaps we uh, should keep it a, a secret then for now um, if I am to try it. Perhaps we'll have time later today. Yes. Yes, indeed. The uh, store owner greets you as you arrive. Yes, come in. Uh, can, can I help you? This place smells very strange. Um, there's all sorts of um, strange um, acrid odors. It's a little sulfurous in here, maybe. Maybe it's a something else. Maybe some thinners. Maggie kind of makes a sour face as her senses are assaulted. Ex excuse me, I'm uh, looking to have some film developed. Could we possibly do that here? Oh, of course, of course. Uh, do you have the film? Oh, uh, yes, right here. Okay, you hand it over. You're gonna give, just give him the camera, or? Uh, no, I'll I'll take the film out of the camera. Okay. He takes it and uh, says, uh, "All right, it, uh, uh, if we go back tomorrow, I should have it done." It shouldn't take too long. Oh, uh, yes, that would be perfect. And actually, could we possibly get uh, them in duplicate? Duplicate? Two? Yes. Yes, if possible. Oui. Thank you. Uh, we will come back tomorrow, then. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. And your name? Uh, yes, uh, Miss Maggie Bellinger. Bellinger. Hmm. He writes it down in a book. And he takes the film and then uh, bids you a good day. All right. Well, I think we have quite the walk ahead of us, uh, Richard. So shall we make our way there? I, I think we should. Yes, and I thought I could get them developed in duplicate. So possibly if, I, uh, if there are any um, pictures that I think are worthy of being published, I can send them back to Aunt Edith. 
she did have that contact at the newspaper. Ah, yeah, uh, somewhat of a roaming reporter, you might say. <laughs> somewhat, yes. I cannot. One can only hope. You, you could become famous. <laughs> I, I do hope to do so someday. You exit the chemists, and you're close enough to the the Eiffel Tower that it's it sits there on the horizon. It's pretty stunning, just from this distance. You can only imagine the time and the effort it would have taken to create such a thing. Um, but in the distance there, beyond the tree line, beyond the buildings, rests a well, rests a piece of iron artwork. And even though the skies here have not yet completely cleared, the trailing clouds in the background still kind of wrap around the Parisian morning. It is pretty stunning in its height and in its form. I'm sometimes minded to ask myself, why did they build this? I mean, it's 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 very spectacular, but the, <laughs> the effort involved must have been phenomenal. Well, I suppose that's true, but it does draw many people here. Yes, it, it doesn't. It, well, I suppose we're here, aren't we? Yes, just part of the beauty of Paris. Sometimes um, people do things just for the beauty. Yes, yes, I suppose they do. I'd ask if you'd like to make a trip to the top, but I'm. If it's stairs, I'm not sure if I have it in me after yesterday. <laughs> no, indeed. To that end, cab passes by, and then you think. We should get a ride. (laughs) Why walk? Yes. So, a quick cab ride later, you find yourself at uh, the Bibliothèque de Arsenal, or the uh, Library of the Arsenal. So this is a building founded in 1757. Uh, It has a varying number of collections of historical documents. So there's the Archives of the Bastille here. Um, There are several different literary papers, that have been collected. There are prints, charts, and plans. There's all manner of material here. But really, what has propelled the Library of the Arsenal forward recently, I mean, as far as, say, the recent 20 or 30 years, has been the library acquiring copies of every periodical published in Paris. And so they have gone that the keepers here have gone through the arduous task of collecting as much documentation of the things that have been written in Paris for the past two or three hundred years. It is a phenomenon. And it's a rather uh, stout building as well, just from its uh, overall makeup. Big flagstone corners and nice white stonework. um, Beautiful doors. But yeah, you arrive. Well, this is quite magnificent of a place, Richard. It's an impressive building, almost as good as some of the ones in London. (laughs) Almost. (laughs) Uh, Shall we head inside, then? Yes, I think we should. I mean, uh, that that was somewhat the point. (laughs) Do do you have places like this in America, where you come from? Not quite. America doesn't quite have the uh, history of Europe. No, I suppose. I suppose that makes sense. Um, yeah, you... you do have libraries, of course. Of course. I mean, who wouldn't have a library? We should, um, we should go in. Okay. Yeah, it is a library. So once you get beyond the thick, wide doors that uh, protect the outside, the li- this 
rolls on like any other library, Richard. In fact, you're, uh, you're, you're quite relieved that this place seems to be a little bit more organized. <laughs> um, but yeah, the librarians welcome you in. There's no distinct personal touches. They just give you a wave and eventually get around to asking you if there's anything specific that you're looking for. <laughs> oh, um, we, we might need your French again, Maggie. Oh, oh, I thought you were speaking French there for a second when you started with we. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, yes, and I, Miranda does not know much French, uh, so she's going to say it in English. Uh, we are looking for information on a Comte de Fenelic. Hmm. Okay, so roll French. If you're speaking okay, French, okay. Roll, have Maggie roll French and tell me how good or bad things go. If it goes poorly, I will follow up with uh, parlez-vous English. Oh <laughs> Ooh, 61 against 25. <laughs> parlez-vous English. <laughs> yes, we're going back to parlez-vous. You, uh, you see the librarian a bit. Um, he, it looks a little strange and then looks over at you, Richard, and then Yes, I, I speak some English. Um, did you say uh, Fenelik? Yes. We're, we're hoping to get any real information on him, indeed. Do you have a, a time period? Oh, yes. Uh, what was the time period on the on the journal entry, Richard? Um, I don't recall. So Richard pulls out the diary and starts leafing through. And Richard looks at the person that's... Uh, attending to us and say uh, it's uh, it's uh, 1789 he's trying to speak very clearly and then he just sort of hands over the diary with the, the entries in there that appear relevant tumultuous time for sure he turns over uh, turns around and uh, looks at some of the cases uh, the bookcases and says uh, I would uh, begin there he points over to one of them uh, most of our uh, material on the early part of the French Revolution is there. Well, um, uh, thank you. Uh, mer merci. Merci. He turns and gives you both a smile and then goes back to his work. And Richard looks at Maggie and uh, yeah, is looking for some sort of appreciation for his use of the uh, the word merci <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, yes, she, she will smile at him. That's about the only word he knows, other than bonjour, of course. <laughs> Okay, so for the two of you, it's just a library use role. Uh, luckily, this library for you has uh, English uh, tags on some of the bookcases, so it is not as completely difficult as the other book, uh, as the other library is. So there's no French role required here. Yeah, that's good. I hope you're all better than me. Oh, mm -hmm. I got a 33, which is a hard success. Because I got a 79 against 56. <laughs> Maggie's helping. I mean, she's doing the best she can. I'm encouraging. Um, I'm here for moral support. I look nice, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, nice eye break from looking at all these books. Well, and that could be worth its weight in gold, let's be honest. <laughs> After a, a good bit of digging, Richard, you do seem to come upon the diary of a, uh, a captain during this turbulent time in Paris uh, a Louis Melon uh, he seems to have led 
an assault on this Comte's mansion. So Richard will show this to Maggie and say, well, um, yes, this looks interesting. Oh? So it's entitled, From the Report of Captain Louis Malon, June 1789. And it reads as follows. When we arrived, the feast was still in progress. Men and women were rutting like rabid dogs. We chased them out, arresting the ones who were not able to vouch for themselves. I sent six men to capture the the Comte. While I entered the chambers beneath, I cannot bring myself to describe what I saw there, save that we had entered a cesspool and it was hell. God protect us. Many devices of torture lay in many chambers. One of my men found a strange Nuremberg virgin, which was locked. Fearing to find a fresh occupant, we smashed it open, but found it to be empty. It was a dark day when noble vermin such as Fenelik did descend upon Poissy, and if God does not punish him for his sins, then the king surely will. It was with a just heart that I did give the order to burn the house and those who remain below, though the Comte did howl and scream as though his very soul was burning. We then took him to the place that would be his new home. There may he rot. Doesn't sound very pleasant, does it? No, it It doesn't indeed. So uh, after a couple of hours, you come to that uh, that diary uh, entry. Hmm. Are you going to continue searching? Yes. That does sound quite dark indeed. It's it's certainly interesting, but uh, I don't think it helps us find him. No, I don't believe that it does. Though I'm not sure if we're trying to find him at this point as much as uh, what happened to his belongings. Yes, or, or maybe his descendants, if he had... Um children maybe maybe they ended up with them yes possibly then another library use roll from the two of you if you would it went so well last time i'm gonna use the lucky green dice this time Ooh, 27 oh nope uh that would be a 69 nice <laughs> yeah so maggie's helping again you've found several books which uh richard's doing his best to file through. Richard, you do end up locating a record not far from um, the captain's diary entry. You find a record of uh, what looked like goods that were uh, presented after the raid. Ah. They were presented to the treasury. Uh, and so the king's treasury took in uh, paintings, um, some snuff boxes, wine, silk clothing, and then some sort of statuary here. It's listed. Doesn't list much about it. Just says that it's incomplete. Oh, I, I say, look, look at this. There, there appears to be a, a record of part of a statue. That, that's what oh. we're looking for. Yes, yes, that's exactly what we were wanting to find. Where does it say where this was disposed? Or it says that it was given to the king's treasury. Mm. Past that, there's no record of it. Well, it might be kind of hard for us to pay our way into that. Yes. Regardless of if you tell them I'm your wife or not. <laughs> oh, Richard's been outed. <laughs> um, the record does bring up something relatively interesting, uh, at least the, the journal entry. You get the name of a city. So, as mentioned in the captain's record, Poissy is, uh, must have been where the estate was. Uh, another reference to Poissy. Um, Yes, perhaps we should head there after Paris. 
Yes, I, I mean, we'll have to run it by the um, rest of the group, but I do think that um, is a good, strong lead that we have. Well, indeed. I mean, this is why we're here, after all, um, to try and track this thing down. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I am reminded of that occasionally. I am going to move the camera to our other investigators who are going to go see Miss uh, Caballero. So you return to the opera house, Mr. Fraser, along with uh, Simon and Lady Elizabeth, because you're interested in a good old-fashioned murder investigation. Absolutely. You return. The opera, of course, is closed, uh, but the ticketing office is uh, open. They have their light on, so to speak, because, of course, there's another show that they'll have to sell tickets for. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether we would... uh we would be going to the stage door or to the um, to the box office, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try one, and if there's nobody there, I'll go to the other. Um, yeah, you do find the uh, backstage door is uh, is open, although there is a gentleman just inside the door that seems to work for the opera. Uh, uh, bonjour, bonjour. Uh, Parlez-vous anglais? Uh, oui. Oh, oh, marvelous, marvelous. Um, we have uh, an appointment to see uh, Madame uh, Mademoiselle Caterina Cavaliero as uh, uh, La- Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy and party. Oui, oui. She's just arrived. Ah, ah, merci, merci. Come this way, come this way. You get led back along the uh, corridors of the uh, guts of the opera house until you arrive at uh, a door that you passed not but 12 hours ago, probably. And uh, a very soft knock, and the uh, theater worker listens in at the door and then opens the door after he seems to kind of nod. And you see uh, a rather, I don't want to say uh, dressed down version of the uh, the singer, but a uh, a relaxed. She's dressed in a, a nice day dress. There's almost a, a, a small bit of color in it, but uh, she has her hair up and... Um, she seems to be smoking a very long cigarette uh, out of a, a long holder. Bonjour, good morning. Enchanté, uh, mademoiselle. Mm. Yeah. Thank you very much for, for, for seeing us. Uh. She stands up. And uh, mm, Lady Elizabeth? Thank you for seeing us this morning. Mm. It is um, it is me you are doing the favor for. And uh, she looks at Simon. Good to see you again. Mercy. Uh, so where should I begin? Tell us from the from the beginning. Hmm. My sister Nina, uh, she was the life of the family. Um, as much as my voice raised our family to a different station, my sister Nina was the guts of what brought us together. She very much supported me in... She kind of raises her hands and gestures to the room itself. She's the reason why I am here. I never thought I had a future in the opera. Really? I, I, I find that to be honest with you, I find that hard to believe. You have such a, a, a beautiful voice. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, she blushes. I spent many years of my life considering a a life of religious uh, celibacy. I understand. I understand. Um, but uh, I had a uh, I had a moment with uh, with God in my prayers, and he told me that um, my voice should not be kept from his children. I well, the Lord does not want us to squander our gifts. She nods. 
Nina and I uh, took up an apartment just uh, a few blocks from here. And uh, we worked day and night uh, to try to pay and get voice lessons. I went to teachers, one after another after another. And uh, it must have been my uh, just after my birthday, perhaps uh, five or so years ago, that she met this, uh, this man. You met him on the train. Ah, yes, yes, Monsieur Lavert. Yeah. Uh, he cared very much for Nina and cared very much for their future together. But I believe that he was very much interested in separating the two of us. Oh, really? I, I, I didn't, I didn't realise that. He certainly made, made no mention of that uh, when I spoke to him. No, of course not. Uh, he would not want to uh, color the picture something else than it was. You understand? I do. I. You see, he was not uh, allowed uh, to go to the funeral. The family would not allow it. Really? Was, was there some issue between him and the family? Did they did they not uh, view him kindly? My father did not approve of him. Was that because of his his, his position, his his uh, his monetary situation? Or? No, it has nothing to do with money. You see, we are, we are not. Um, how should you say? We are not people of money. We are, we are just people. But uh, his, she stops for a second and takes a long drag from the cigarette before it goes out. Please t- take your time. He is or was involved with some, some bad people. He made choices. He was concerned because Nina and he would not. They would not have enough money to uh, to start over on their own. So he began to take things into his own hands. Do you understand what I mean? I believe I do. I... It, it was not honest work, sir. What what, uh, what was his actual profession? Well, he did, uh, for a time, he did write for some of the um, papers here. And uh, after that, he was working as a playwright. He kept trying to get Nina to act in some of his plays. And then we tried to refocus him. The family tried to get him into accounting school or something that would pay the bills and, and the, so they could maybe get married. I take it he was not a, a successful writer then? No. And to be honest, I don't know many. She, she takes another drag. It's a tough profession, writing. Aye, aye, indeed, indeed. Was he talented, do you think? Or was or... Oh, I think he was talented enough, but... It, it, nothing ever happened fast enough for him. He wanted it, and she snaps her fingers. Now. Right now. And he did not want to wait. He did not want to persevere. So... So he took the shortcut. <laughs> he did. And when he could not pay his debts, they came to my father's house. And you see, I blame him for Nina's death. You think it was these people that he owed money to? I do. What were the circumstances of her death, if, if it's not too hard for you to, to say? They were walking the Seine. They were not far from here, just across from Notre Dame. And they passed over a bridge, and from what he says, he was attacked. He tried to defend her, and they pushed her over into the river. And you believe him? I believe that she is gone. I don't believe he was a hero. I believe he was a coward. He certainly seemed 
quite beside himself when I spoke to him on the train. If, that, if, if that's any consolation, it, it was evident to me that he loved her very much. And whatever his faults might have been, uh, that was not one of them. As I said last night, I, I do not know what I do not know what can become of this. Any investigation, it, there may not be a resolution. You see, you see, these things sometimes they life they just happen. In my experience, Mamzelle, that uh, there's always a reason for something. Things don't just happen, and uh, if it's at all possible, we will we will do our utmost to put this to put this to right to see some justice for your for your sister. And the the gendarme, the, the police, they uh, they have no interest in this case. They are writing it off. They're, do you think they are in any way compromised? I do not believe they are compromised, but I believe the. I believe the places they would look, they do not want to look. Do you know what I mean? I believe yes. that there are uh, forces here in Paris that that they are afraid of. Uh, so the uh, whatever organization it it, it was that uh, that this fella Laverge got himself involved with, uh, they have uh, they have some power in the city. Indeed. Do you have a name? We just call them the Black. There are just as they're not as powerful here as they are in our home uh, of Italy, but the black shirts, fascists. Aye, aye, I know of the black shirts. Aye, a, a bad bunch. And so even my father, when he wanted to stand up and force the gendarme to investigate, they would not do it. I can see that. See that. When there's politics involved, things tend to get messy. Indeed. I have but uh, a few shows left here before I leave Paris. So I will continue my preparations and I should be here for uh, perhaps another week. Very well. Well, if you have any names or addresses uh, uh, that you think might be able to help us in our search, then uh, please, please um, let me know. And uh, I mean, I can't promise that we'll be able to make any significant difference with regard to the organisation itself, but certainly the individuals concerned, well... If we find them, then let's just say that uh, they'll regret their actions. You could check if you wanted to. Um, I could give you an address. She turns back to her vanity area and and scribbles a a note on a piece of what looks like a former program. He rips it off and hands it to you. I, I would ask that you exercise caution. Of course, discretion is my byword. And uh, Monsieur Laverge, um, where may we contact him? If he is here in Paris, uh, he will no doubt be in the southern sector. She uh, turns back and writes another address down. It's uh, not the pleasant area of Paris, but it is where he has decided to go, Mm. as he is not welcome in the Opera House. No, I can quite understand that. I do have one more question, perhaps a slightly sensitive one. The money that he owes these people, was that paid? Or is it still owed? I have not seen these black shirts darken my father's door since Nina's death. But I do not believe that they are done with him. I think perhaps the first port of call for us will be the the residence of Monsieur Francois Laverge. Have a wee word with him, see what he has to say for himself. She nods. 
Oh, um, before I forget, Mademoiselle, I hope you don't think me forward, but um, if, if it would be possible for you to write your name on on, on this programme, I, I, I'm much appreciated. I've been adv- an admirer of yours for, for some time now, and uh, it, it would be you'd do me a great honour. Of course. She reaches over and takes it and then kind of reapplies her signature to the front of it and then writes in very small text, but still yet readable uh, with a gracious heart. And she hands it back to you. Fraser blushes bright red once again. Thank you very much. I'll I'll treasure this. Mm, Indeed. Now... I hope your the rest of your time in Paris is not spent on such bleak matters. Ah, no, no. Uh, I think we may do uh, may do a little sightseeing this afternoon. Perhaps uh, go around, uh, have a look at uh, stores, uh, bookshops, and the like. Uh, I think mm. just see see where our our feet take us, as they say. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful. I shall leave you to it. She stands up and escorts you out, out of the room of sorts and walks you out and makes sure that you can find the uh, the exit door. Merci, mademoiselle. Merci. Merci. Um, we shall return as soon as we have some news to tell you. And we will let the three of you loose onto the streets of Paris to do all sorts of just fun things, uh, which we will pick up next episode. So thank you all for joining us again, and we will see you next time.